From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. We can now nitpick the Panthers win. Panthers won on Sunday, right? And, and yesterday, I think we did the appropriate thing, which is essentially celebrate, right? You talk about the good. You talk about the final drive. You talk about Bryce Young having poise. You talk about Mingo and, and DJ Chark making plays. And, and that's what we should have done. But now we can look at it through a normal critical lens. The honeymoon phase is officially over. Well, yeah, exactly. We, we've done exactly what we, we should have done. And now, you know, it's, it's no different than if you were on the team, right? If you're on the team in the post game, you're talking about the good, the awesome, and everything, right? Then you show up on, uh, on Monday or Tuesday, depending on your, your schedule. You, you flip the film on, and suddenly it's not all gumdrops and rainbows, right? A, a lot of things, even in a win, that, that you're going to get a negative grade from from your position coach. And it's an interesting way to, to think about it, right? It's so much easier to be critical of yourself after a win. Because after a loss, you're thinking, oh, man, I missed that block. That cost us a win. After a win, you're going, oh, man, I missed that block. Better not do that again. The critical plays on offense are not good enough for the Panthers. And what I mean by that are uh, throughout the game, there are certain plays that have their own section of the the playbook, right, uh, or the the play chart. Remember, you know, how the coaches use the, the laminated sheets. They look like Denny's menus with all the plays on them. They're not just like, hey, plays in alphabetical order from 1 to 120. They're broken up. There's third down plays. There's red zone plays, right? There's take a shot plays. They're, they're all broken up. So when a coach wants to, to do something, he knows what section to go to. The Panthers in the section plays, the critical plays, didn't do well enough. Couldn't convert a fourth and one on a sneak early in the game. Couldn't convert a, convert a fourth and seven on a completed pass to Thielen. One of the pet peeves of everybody, and I know you're trying to catch it on the run and you, and you can still go for the first down, but if I'm completing a ball downfield, I need that player to be beyond the line of uh, uh, to gain, beyond the first down marker when he catches it. Adam Thielen made a catch on fourth and seven and picked up six and a half yards. They got down inside the 10, field goal. Right, that's red zone plays. They got down inside the 10 again. Field goal. They need to be touchdowns. Right? When when you look at it, these are the these are plays that you have entire uh, portions of practice dedicated to. You usually like Thursday is third downs. Right? You'll have a section where uh, the one offense, one defense go down and you'll do red zone work. These are plays, the reason why they're singled out on the play sheet, the reason why they're singled out in practice is because they're that darn important and you can judge them, right? Not being good in the red zone is an issue. Not being good on third and fourth downs is an issue. And then you do have the final drive where, you know, because you you execute in that high-pressure moment, some of these, you know, kind of of, uh, sins are, are forgiven, but when you're watching film, they aren't. You have to convert touchdowns in the red zone, especially when it's a gross day outside, it's raining, and opportunities are scarce. 
right? You convert those two field goals to touchdowns. If, if, if the first two field goals where you got down inside the 10 and you didn't score, you, you convert those two to touchdowns, and, and it feels like you're ahead by 40 in that game. The game kind of gets out of hands for the Falcons in a sense. And then the, the Falcons have to press. It's forcing them to throw the ball downfield in terrible and, conditions. And Desmond Ritter is the one doing it, who's not going to be their quarterback anymore. Taylor Heineke's taking over. It comes back to, you know, uh, it's a Mike Tomlinism that we've referenced a bunch on the show. Dennis, who normally produces a Steelers fan, where it's doing the routine plays routinely. They don't have the explosive plays, right? The, the Panthers will go a whole game without picking up more than like 17 yards and a single play. And when, when you have that holding you back, when you don't have the explosives, you don't have a, a Tyreek Hill, you don't have a, a Jamar Chase, right? You don't have one of these guys that's going to give you a 60, 70-yard touchdown. You have to convert the plays that you practice more than the others. You have to. It's something I'll, – I'll break it down even more simply. Um, when I played college football at the University of Delaware, which, by the way – Go hence. Is, go hence is not apples to apples to the NFL. I don't pretend to be, and I like to clarify that. But we used to have three plays every week for two-point conversions. And and we we all knew what they were, right? We would huddle up just because why not, but you didn't have to. We knew the order of them. We knew one, two, and three from the right from the, the, the yard line tucked in deep there. We were going for two. It was the three-yard line. We knew what plays we were going to run, and every week we went over it. If we ever – needed a two-point conversion late in the game, and did not convert, it felt like we were being punched in the gut because we like we hammered those plays home. We put extra work into those plays. We knew what that play was going to do against this particular defense. Right? We've spent more time scouting how they might react to this formation or this motion. If it didn't work, we'd be upset, not because, like, oh, the play didn't work and it was crucial. Obviously, that is part of it. But a lot of it was – Man, we worked extra hard on that, and it didn't work. Right, That's a knock to your confidence. So if you're working extra hard on fourth down calls or third down calls, you're working extra hard on red zone calls, you're putting more work into it, and it's not working, that's going to be a knock to your confidence as an entire offense. So I'm looking at the, the Panthers and thinking, you need to get the, the – I don't even know what to call them – specials. But they're not special teams. The the broken out, broken down, separate, the categories on the play sheet the right way. How was practice? Let's hear from the man himself. Chris Tabor, interim head coach, was asked what did he see throughout the practice week that gave him confidence going into that game? I liked I liked the idea of, of the plan that we described how we were wanted to win the game. You knew that the weather what was coming in, how you needed to execute it and what needed to be done in all three phases collectively and how we were all going to help each other and make this thing work. And, and uh, I saw, you know, Wednesday afternoon, I thought Thursday uh, was, was a good practice, and then uh, Friday, Friday was solid. So we did everything that we were supposed to do in order to give ourselves a chance to win, and, that's, and really that's how the game played out. Uh, you know, and the offense obviously doing a great job with that 17-play drive going down to, to give us a chance to win it, and that, that was great. That, to me, is the exact – and he said that in the post game that, – that, to me, is the exact um, kind of timeline that we just went through, right? 
you can talk about all this good, all the, and then you have to finish with that final drive, right? <laughs> the the final drive is the part that makes everything else okay. We knew how we wanted to win. I don't think you were going into that one, regardless of the weather, going like, you know what? Let's win ugly. Let's stall out inside the 10 a few times, be forced into kicking field goals, which are essentially minus fours, right? We, we used, Again, we used to call, if you made it down what we called the close red zone, the 10 and in, and you kicked a field goal, we would count that as minus four points for the offense. Because mm. when you're inside the 10, you should be thinking touchdown. You kick a field goal, that seven becomes a three. So, so that's minus fours, right? No coach is envisioning minus fours. But – as long as you finish talking about that 17-play, uh, game-winning field goal drive, all is forgiven. Well, in the future, that might not be the case. Likely, that will not be the case. right? If, if the, the offense gets down inside the 10 twice and comes away with two field goals, that's minus eight. That's enough to lose a game for the Panthers with a very small margin of victory based on their talent level. You miss out on two fourth downs, you give the other team good field position, different offense might score. That's enough to be the difference for a team like the Panthers that has very small margin of error. We can get nitpicky now, right? They they won the game. We celebrated yesterday. Now we get on them. Fourth downs and red zone. That's what I need to see from the Panthers. The, and by the way, that was all offense. Very difficult to nitpick a defense that gave up very few points and came away with two turnovers, regardless of how ugly it was. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group. Your partner in real estate. Yesterday, uh, Jordan Waters from Duke. Number three running back in the transfer portal. Commits to NC State. I talked about it here on the show as if it were a big get because it is. Right, 12 touchdowns last year. One of the best running backs in the transfer portal goes to NC State. And, and that makes their transfer portal haul pretty darn impressive. Uh, if you listen to 247 Sports, they got the number one tight end out of the portal, Justin Joby from, from uh, Connecticut. They got the number three running back, Jordan Waters from Duke. The number four center, Zeke Carell from Notre Dame. The number 16 quarterback, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. And the number 24 wide receiver, Wesley Grimes from Wake Forest. It's a ton of infused talent. Some of the rankings have them in the top five in the country in transfer portal hall. So that's what I said. And uh, on Twitter, somebody responded saying, I, wait a second. I thought what NC State did was develop their players. So why are they taking everybody out of the portal if what they do best is develop? Now they're just taking guys that someone else developed. So, so what is their identity? And it was a good question. NC State has always hung their hat on being great developers. It was one of the all-time kind of retorts to UNC, right, their rival. 
UNC would sign another four-star, another five-star recruit, and State would go, we're going to beat you anyway. right? We're going to take our three-stars or lower four-stars, and we're going to develop them into better players, and we're going to beat you anyway, which they've been doing pretty consistently as of late. And that's always been their thing, right? You get the stars, we get the 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 diamonds in the rough, the players we like, the players that fit our blue-collar attitude, and we develop them into to much better players. NC State has always done that. So by going to the portal, are they passing on their strength? Are they changing their identity? Are they saying, we can't do that anymore? Are they saying... That's not our thing anymore. We're going to be the portal people. We're going to live in the portal. Feels like a very sci-fi movie. The portal people. Here's the thing. And I thought about this for a while. Because it is one of like, by the way, I I love it when everybody interacts with me on on Twitter. At Donnelly Sports. When you're in the YouTube comments. uh, I really like when, when somebody brings something up that I hadn't thought of. And I hadn't thought of that yet. But the more I thought of it, the more I, I kind of came back to this. I think State would love to continue to hang their hat on development. I think most like true coaches would love to hang their hat on development. I think they would love to take in their freshmen and develop them. And, and I think they would love for all of that. And that's how they would build their program. But it's unrealistic. In 2023, if you ignore the portal, you are simply at too big of a disadvantage, regardless of how good you are at developing, right? Because even if you're the best kind of in-house, you develop, you keep everybody's spirits up, you have a great weight room, uh, a great strength and conditioning program, great speed program, you're great at showing guys how to watch their own film and get better, even if you're great at all of that, it, it still takes time, right? So if there's a hole in your roster, oh, gosh, we don't have a fill-in-the-blank. We don't have a tight end for this year. We don't have a, uh, enough corners for this year. Whatever it is, you can't, you can't microwave development, right? You might have to put somebody in who's not ready. By the way, they might develop over time, right? A lot of times reps help. But if you're trying to win right now, that might not work. That might not be how things get down. So what do you have to do? You have to go to the portal. Do you know what I'm, I'm excited for? What's that? I'm excited for when programs like State, right, that, that do kind of hang their hat on development. You're going to see teams that do become portal people, right? They're just going to be teams, uh, and, and you're going to see them, right? Like USC at quarterback, meaning Southern Cal. That, like They're just every year going to be comfortable going into the portal. They're going to be teams that – just rebuild their roster every year. Colorado appears to be that way. It's going to happen. But if you're a team like State and you hang your hat on development, I'm looking forward to when uh, we all look at it and we see a, a gap. We go like, oh, gosh, they don't have any running backs. And State doesn't bring in a running back because they know this sophomore they have that has gotten almost no run has been dominant in practice and has gotten a billion times better since spring ball, and they're just going to wait for everybody's eyes to open. That's what I'm looking forward to. How do you actually de- feel about the players you're developing? Because right now, I mean, you just can't pass on good players. 
If you think you can upgrade at a position in the portal, even if that somebody was developed by another team, right? If they were developed by uh, Connecticut or Notre Dame or Coastal or Wake or Duke, if they were developed somewhere else, fine. Name of the game is win. You can't really have it both ways. And, and, and sometimes I think fans do demand it both ways, right? I, I, you want to win like the programs that sell out to get the best players on their, their roster, but you want to do it in a way where you're the blue-collar developers, and it's like that's, that's simply not realistic. Uh, again, I keep using the transfer portal and thinking of it like one and done in, the NBA, or in college basketball. When one and done first hit, there were coaches that were like, we're just not going to embrace it. We we want guys that are going to be here for four years. Uh, you know, one and done, it's too unsettling. But then as other teams embraced one and done, you're kind of like, well, we're not getting any of the NBA guys if we don't embrace one and done, and we're just going to get beat. So you have to find the middle ground, right? We want a couple of juniors, but we also want two or three super stud freshmen, Right. We want a couple of guys that are going to be here four years, but we're not going to pass on one of the top five recruits in the country just because they plan on being in the NBA in 10 months. So what State has to do is keep their developing development culture in mind for the players they get out of high school and then supplement that with the transfer portal. If you can have... You know, if you if you get a, a low four star out of high school and you develop them into a five star talent and you hit the portal and get a five star talent, you have two five star talents. That's better than one. It doesn't it's not necessarily an either or game here, but it does feel a bit different. And it's actually one of the things that, you know, I always uh, look forward to. Right. When let me think of an example like uh I'm upset we never got to see this. Looking at college basketball, and so many of the teams around here um, are just they're, they're blue bloods, right? It's never like, oh, I wonder what Duke could do with more resources. Oh, what is North Carolina going to do now that they have more brand recognition? Like, that's never the case because they, they're maxed out and all of that. But uh, do you remember when Brad Stevens was the coach at Butler? Yes. And it was the Gordon Haywards and the, yep. the, like that, that was his squad. Once they went to a, a Final Four and, and lost to Duke, ironically, with the, the half-court heave from, from Gordon Hayward, I was excited to see what Brad Stevens could do when given top-line talent. Because once you put Hayward in the NBA, that'll, that makes it okay for other top-line talent to go there. So if you're excited by what NC State and Dave Doran could do when maybe they were forced to find diamonds in the rough, don't you kind of want to see what they can do when they have an avenue to bring in the top-line talent that they're bringing in this offseason? Like, oh, wow, they were really good when they had to develop three stars and low four stars into, into a competitive squad. Now they get to do that and add in a two-year starter from Notre Dame on the offensive line and add in a guy with 88 touchdowns and four interceptions over the last five seasons at Coastal Carolina maybe it'll take the roof off. Maybe it won't. Maybe they'll be upset they did it, but you got to take that swing. You just have to. It's 2023. You can't get passed by. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.